It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It's 8 p.m. Um, and it is time for episode 254 of the Ron and Brian podcast. And what an episode we have for you here tonight. Ooh. I'm excited. Brian, are you excited? So excited. Um, coming up uh, shortly, he has not logged in yet. Um, uh, do I dare say that he's a Renaissance man? I think at the very least you can say that. The man's a comedian. Mm-hmm. The man is a guitar player. The man is a painter. He is a clothing designer, television star. What am I missing here, Ron? Uh, movie star. Movie star. The man is Dave Hill. Yes. And so- he will be on momentarily. He has not signed on yet, but... Um, We've given him the link. I will be mortified if um, <laughs> if he uh, 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 neglects to, to log in today. I feel mortified. he will be with us. I have I have the faith. In the meantime, uh, let's uh, let's do some of our usuals as always. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Nazdrovia. Salud. Drink of the week. Trancha. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. I did not hit the post on that intro song. That was very, very sloppy, but. Perfectly fine. Don't worry about it, Ron, because Matt will edit that in in post-production. He'll be able to do that. Do not worry about it. Ron. Yes. What are you drinking? Oh, you're starting with me this week? All right. Yeah, we're going to mix it up. So I'm nursing a tad bit of a uh, hangover today, um, hanging out with uh, Jardy's Friends of the Podcast yesterday at the uh, Glenside Arts Festival. Uh, Beers were drank, uh, items were purchased, food was partaken of, a good time was had by all. So I'm keeping it simple this week with a little liquid death sparkling water. That's right, Brian. Murder your thirst with liquid death. Are you drinking water for your drink of the week? This week I am, my friend. Listen, you've drank water as your drink of the week in the past, so I don't. Yeah, but I was on antibiotics at the time because I was dying of COVID. Listen, it, it, it. You do you, I'll do me, my friend. You tell me what you're drinking, then you shame me with whatever it is you're bringing to the table. I have brought to the table. Let's see what point does this become fuzzy? Hold on. See, this is the screen. All right, we've got Born to Run, Ooh. which is a blood orange sour ale from our dear friends over at Whetstone Brewing Company. Look at the color of this. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Ron, we're looking at 3.5% ABV. A classic ghost ale. Gosh, ghost. Gosh, I think. Gosh. Gosh. With a citrus twist. Born to Run is everything you want, Ron. Light, only 3.5 alcohol per volume. Flavorful, refreshing, slightly tart, with just a touch of salt and coriander. You will not find any lactose involved in this beer. <laughs> this ale is kettle soured and fermented with the juice of of ripe blood oranges for a perfect balance of sweet and tart. Nice. I liked beer. 
All right. What's your thoughts on it, Brian? Oh, that's a good beer. I liked beer. You like I've been into beer. sours. I've been into sours. Yeah, you have been. But it's getting to that time of year, especially if it's a lighter sour, like a citrusy sour. Um, yes. It's definitely getting to be crushable uh, season, without a doubt. Oh, yes. And we look forward to crushable. Maybe we can have a... Uh, do you think that we'll, uh, 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 Broken Goblet will bring back um, Lager King? I don't know. They haven't They haven't done that. They've done some other lagers. They did their Doom Lager, and there was one other lager they did. Have not seen uh, Lager King show up yet, but... We can see. We can certainly ask them and see what they're willing to bring back. We'll do our best. We'll do yeah. our best. As always, it's all we can do, Brian. It's all we can ask of ourselves is to do our best. Tell me a little bit about this arts festival and why was I not in- invited to it? Um, I mean, it was a uh, just an outdoor vendor-driven uh, festival event. Mm-hmm. Uh, they shut down uh, a couple of the main streets in Glenside, which was one of the next towns over. Uh, so there was a bunch of uh, different, uh, you could get like licensed plate art, you could get clothing, jewelry, mm-hmm. food, drink. There were some bands performing, um, you know, the the restaurants and bars along the way were open as well so it was a beautiful day yesterday beautiful day it was yes um, definitely wanted to be outside you know I, I know how you react to the sun sometimes so you know that was one reason um also um you know it, it's uh that hurts it's uh it's you know i i don't think you like art at times so that's a lie i am a huge <laughs> fan of art um uh, I think what I, you know, my idea of art might not be yours. I, I, I like a little, I like things that are more experimental in terms of, uh, you know, materials, mediums. I, I, I feel like the kind of things that you define as art really is just, you know, um, you know, a canvas, uh, you know, uh, uh you know, trapped around a, a, you know, a wood frame and somebody throwing some ink on it. Um, that's your version of art. No, to me, art is, it's art's everything. Art is in the air that we breathe. It's the sounds that we hear. Um, it's in my blood. Yeah. I will say when I go to, when I go to MoMA, I'm like, this doesn't, a lot of this does not feel like art to me. And when was the last time you were at MoMA? I'm not going to lie. It's probably been 11 or 12 years. It's probably been longer for me. (laughs) That's not true. I went to MoMA. I don't. I will say genuinely about fifteen years ago, and I saw Woody Allen walking around with Sun Yi. Really? I don't know that he knew he knew he was there um, <laughs> because he genuinely looked confused, and she was clearly leading him from room to room. We passed each other probably about two or three times, and each time I saw him, well, the first time was just like, "Oh my!" God. And he had the little uh, the canvas bucket hat. Right. And I remember being like, "Holy shit, that's Woody Allen!" And then, like, you know, but I didn't want to interrupt him. So we just, you know, cross paths. And then later in the day, no, I saw him twice more. And both times he looked equally confused. And it might have been the artwork that he was looking at that confused him and not just the fact that he had left his house. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. Ron? Yes. What's bothering you? You mean, what's my beef of the week? Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. You don't think I would ever let a week go by where I couldn't play my favorite bumper of all times, do you? I thought I would. I thought I would intro the better. You give it a shot. You give it a shot. 
You know what? I like this. You going first, Ron? What's bothering you? <laughs> so uh, I guess my, so. My beef this week is in relation to the technology in my house and how how uh, how reliant I've become upon it. Because the- here comes some white privilege. <laughs> I'm hearing it. I hear it coming. A little white privilege. So no, it was. I mean, I don't think you can assign a color to it. It's a first world problem, without a doubt. Right. Um, so Thursday night we were having. Uh, some issues with our Roku's in the house. We couldn't get our cable app to stream for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was trying to see if it was the Roku, but it wasn't. So then I was like, well, let me reboot the router and see if that does it. So I reboot the router and now the router's on, but nothing will connect to the router. So now Mm. everything in the house um, is now disconnected from the internet, TVs, phones, computers, whatnot. Sure. Um, so then I spend upwards of two hours attempting to factory reset and reconnect the router, um, failing each and every time. Like it would get to a certain step and then be like, nope, not happening. So I'd have to go through it again. And then eventually around 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, well, I just have to I have to buy a new router. Um, mm. But it's like, you know, now we won't be able to because we both work from home, my wife and I, but we have no right. connection to the Internet. Um, so I have to well, figure right. out how to get a router first thing in the morning. So then I'm like Googling Best Buy, but they don't open till 10 a.m. And I'm looking at like Office Max and Staples, but they don't have mm-hmm. what I need in stock. And then, oh, but my good friend at Walmart has it, has delivery available and can deliver it between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. So I'm thinking this is perfect. I'll buy it. It'll get delivered in the morning and I'll set it up and we'll be good to go. Order it, go to sleep, wake up in the morning with a text from Walmart. Sorry, it's not in stock. How did it go out of stock from 10 o'clock last night to Netflix? But found it available at the another Walmart near me. So I ran out, got it, mm-hmm. brought it home, got everything set up, um, at least got online to for work and then had to reconnect every blessed device in the house oh, to the router. A lot of it, a lot of it oh. reconnected, but there were, I would say it's probably a good 25% did not automatically connect. Did you get the same type of, of the same brand router? I or just I a did, totally but I, I got a different router, but I always keep the same network name and password. So I don't have to reprogram the devices. That's clever. Why yeah. did I never think of that? Yes. But uh, unfortunately I still had um, a number of, uh, of uh, things that I had to reconnect. And I still have a few things that just won't reconnect, but they're not like, really? fortunately not urgent, but I'll have like to your like, work computer. <laughs> well, work computer, well, that was the most urgent. So thankfully that is, that was all set. Got it. Got it. Got it. Brian, what's bothering you this week, sir? What's bothering me, Ron? Eating healthy. Mm. It sucks. It yeah. absolutely sucks. Um, as many of you uh, uh, have listened previously on the podcast, I had my physical not that long ago. Um, I was told that I had high cholesterol and I needed to start taking a statin to lower my cholesterol numbers. Um, went for the follow-up blood work to see how the statin was, uh, was working. While there, I was chatting with my physician and uh, they weighed me. And I expressed some unhappiness over the fact that I had um, felt like I would have been making some better decisions food-wise. However, I really wasn't taking off the pounds. And my doctor really kind of gave me this, uh, how do I say this politely, a, uh, a no-nonsense kind of conversation of uh, uh, stop fucking around. Um, <laughs> or you'll find out. 
Yeah, but I, I didn't really think that I was doing, I didn't think that I was behaving that poorly. But um, he basically was like, yeah, you've got, uh, you've got like 20 or 25 pounds that you need to take off. Do you, um, uh, you, do you should... track what you eat in a day? Meaning, do I keep, do I write down or, or do I app, mentally? Maybe. Okay, great. I don't you have an app. Write, you no. can write it down, but you can also use an app. No, no, no. I do not write it down. Right. Um, but I also know exactly, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, I know where I'm screwing up. I know okay. the fried foods. I knew the, the carbs, the bread, you know, uh, you know, when you're asking the waiter for a third basket of bread, you know <laughs> that you're not behaving. I mean, I, I'm smart enough to know I'm making some bad life decisions, but, uh, over the past two weeks, I have certainly tried, um, to, uh, you know, uh, eliminate, uh, desserts, uh, eliminate sweets. Um, if it's, uh, you know, I'll eat a piece of fruit, but I'm not, uh, you know, having any kind of pastries or, uh, cookies or whatnot, um, which is rough. Um, and then I've also, you know, not had any, uh, pasta, right. I, I've been, I've been working out, um, went to the, you know, did a 35 minutes on the elliptical today, did 35 minute, minutes yesterday. Weight's coming off. Not going to lie. Dropped a few pounds. Um, but holy fuck, it's not fun. It is Have not you been fun. tracking your calories, I guess, is the question. I'm not tracking calories. Right. I'm just eating. Um, I've cut back on portion size. Mm -hmm. um, so a salad that I would normally get for lunch and have knocked out, I've now gotten myself to the point where um, – eating about maybe two thirds of it. And I've sat there and said, I'm not, uh, I'm not hungry anymore. Right. Feeling satisfied. I would have normally just continued to knock this out, but I'm going to stop right now. High fiber seems to be key. Also, you get a good amount of fiber and that makes you feel fuller longer. But does it make you poop? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, do you not poop in general? Um, I don't poop often enough. Okay. Then the high but fiber, I think would definitely help. My doctor says since your body has always be doing that, has always been like this. Um, I've I refer to it as a undiagnosed case of IBS. Um, but I go through periods of time where I'll go like four days without going, physically feeling fine, wow. and then I will go like um, uh, you know three times in one day. You know, uh, there are experts out there saying that you may not be drinking enough water. Uh, you should take your body weight times 0.55, and that is how many ounces of water you need in a day. I am drinking two large water bottles a day. Okay. I've got two. Um, uh, I've got two. I've got a, a water bottle that was, um, I think it was measured for like the eight cups of water, eight glasses of water. It okay. shows you on each on the printed on the side of the water bottle, how much, like what time of the day right. so that you can keep track of how much so that between the hours of nine and five, you can take in that amount of water. Let's, uh, let's Wait. do the math here. Are we, oh, oh my gosh. Are we doing math? Well, uh, so what's, uh, well, I mean, if you want, if you're willing to admit what your weight is, I am uh, earlier today, I weighed myself at, at, at 202. That's not too bad. Well, it was two. It was two ten, uh, maybe two weeks ago. So you should be drinking one hundred and eleven ounces of water. So if you're drinking eight glasses, which is usually around 
12 to 16 ounces. I mean, you're, if you're doing two of those, I would think you're doing okay to hydrate yeah. yourself. I, I, hydrating is not my problem. And okay. the thing for me is that when my pee comes out aromatic and, and, a, and a dark yellow, that's when I know I'm not drinking enough. But when it comes out like a, you know, almost a, a clear, like a water, like that's when I know I'm, yeah. I'm properly hydrated. So my uh, urine tells me whether I'm hydrated or not. Well, enough talk about your urine, Brian. Uh, it is time to uh, to bring our guest in. Um, we are very excited. Uh, we're both big fans of this gentleman. Uh, yes. is, uh, we have gone to see him live. <clears throat> We've seen him perform comedy. We've seen him uh, perform with his bands. We have mm -hmm. read his books. Uh, we have mm -hmm. purchased his uh, his artwork. Uh, yes. Seen his movies, seen his TV shows. Um, he has performed in in this very backyard out here that you can't see. Cool. That I Who can ever to. forget when this man appeared in your backyard? Yes. So without further ado, we present to you the Ron and Brian interview with Dave Hill. And joining us this week on the Ron and Brian podcast, uh, one of our favorites, obviously, Mr. Dave Hill. Dave, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm pulling the thing slightly closer there we That's go right. we're getting a good a good image I'm, i mean I'm, I'm the video is like a 9.5 out of 10 right now is the sound okay sound is perfect sound is great perfect. all right it's all so, happening there's a very obvious question I think we need to start with here. Um, looking at everything that you've done in your career, music, writing, comedy, art, you know, the whole shebang, which would you say ranks higher on your career resume, uh, being on this podcast or performing in my backyard back in October 2021? Oh, man, that's a tough call. I would say... Um... I mean, I mean, I'm always a fan of in-person uh, good times, so I would say you're in your backyard. Nice. And, and uh, it was nice to meet folks, and I had some snacks, I believe, and mm -hmm. uh, I drank some beer, mm -hmm. and uh, all in all, a quality evening. Good times all around. Now, a follow-up question naturally has to be, how would you rate Ron's living room and backyard with the other backyard or living room shows that you did towards the latter part of the pandemic? Did he have the nicest home or did he have the worst? <laughs> oh, it was gorgeous. I was, I loved it. Gorgeous home. And of course, a quick photo from that night. So people, uh, people that were there that night can remember. Uh, we were so young, so innocent back then. We were just kids then. Look at that. Yeah. Look, there's the beer I was talking about. Yes. Um, I did something really, I should just, you know, I guess to give, you know, maybe this will, you know, controversy, but I don't know if it was that beer, but I was walking with it. I, my sister and my brother-in-law, you know, they came to the show um, and then drove me, I, I want to I say, to their house, um, and I had a beer still. And then um, my brother-in-law didn't want me to take the beer in the car for fear of, uh, you know, getting in trouble by the law or something. And I panicked and I finished it and I left it on the curb, which is like, I felt horrified because we were too far from your house for me to run it back, I think, even though that's 
clearly what I should have done or just take, I, I really just, I didn't handle the situation well. And I, I sullied the streets of your town by leaving a beer can uh, placed neatly, but I can honestly count maybe three times in my life when I've littered. And that was one of them. Well, we'll let it slide. I mean, we, I, uh, we I feel it. awful. I feel awful. It's, <laughs> I, I'm letting it out now because it was just been with me and eating me alive. The Ever. statute of limitations have passed, so I don't believe that the town of um, of Elkin, Elkins Park can really come after you at this point. No, but I, if they did, if they wanted to show up, uh, you know, screaming and with burning me in effigy or whatever they would do, um, I would understand it because I'm I'm really. Uh, don't like littering and I did it myself well, but I just of, thought you know I need to uh need to unburden yourself I need to unburden myself I mean it's kind but of a lazy all- town I live in I don't think they would necessarily build an effigy much less burn it so I think you're in the clear here yeah but I would at the same time as we talk about it I would like to see it <laughs> I would like to see like what sort of you know what 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 they I would look you know if someone were to make a large uh, effigy of me, it would be the best dressed effigy that has ever been burned. I know you are yeah. a very, you're Great. a very stylish man. I mean I I mean from the looks of it, uh, you have an incredible wardrobe over your shoulder. Oh well, this over here is I'm in a room that is mostly clothes and guitars. You can see over here. Just a, a lot of guitars, and um, but those are these are my girlfriend's clothes, and there I have some in here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yes, are you I sitting should. in a walk-in closet? No, it it's it's creates the illusion of a of a closet, but it's not. It's really just a bedroom that we've crammed with clothes and guitars. It's kind of an office, I guess you might say, a podcasting studio. Nice. I do a lot of things in here. I do some artwork. I record music, rip some guitar solos. So we kind of mentioned at the start, I mean, you're you're a comedian, you're an actor, uh, musician, author, artist, and now clothing designer. Um, Which of all of the above did you least picture yourself ever doing? Mm, I guess... uh, Either comedian or clothing designer, because I really didn't. Uh, I would say comedian, especially. I never really sought to become a comedian. It was sort of accidental and just kind of going the, with the flow of things. And then it one. Then all of a sudden, I was, it was my job. And um, and then like I guess fashion designer, or for uh, for lack of a better. Uh, that sort of came about of painting. Actually, you know, I, you bought one of my earliest pandemic uh, things that I painted, a saw. Bought a saw, correct. And I started doing stuff. And that I had done stuff like that on and off over the years. But during the pandemic, I really started painting a lot and drawing a lot. And, and you know, I was doing all these like floral patterns. And I have a friend who works in fashion. And then we were like, oh, let's just make clothes with these kind of patterns on them. And that's how that came about. But it was definitely something like um, that. It was, I guess I made a bit more of a decision. Whereas comedy, it was like, 
people just started asking me like, oh, you want to do stuff? And I would show up and just kept showing up. And now look at me. I'm in this <laughs> clothes, this clothes and guitar stuffed room. And what would you say was your first big break as far as comedy goes? I'm still honestly waiting for it. <laughs> uh, I feel like I, uh, you know, I've, I've obviously, I have to be grateful in that, you know, I have a career and I've had a career for a while now. Um, but I'm still kind of like, hey, where's my, uh, where's my big break? <laughs> like, you know, I feel like I work, but I always want more and like, you know, want to really want to act more. I think that would be fun. I, I love when I do it. But, uh, you know, I don't think Hollywood has uh, really embraced me ever. I've always kind of been on the, uh, you know, I have fans all over the world, but they're not they're not in Hollywood. I'll tell you that. So what are you going to do? But whatever. I have a, I have a million sweet guitars. Beautiful girlfriend, sweet dog. Lucy. And yet, and yet, you're consistently working. You know, you. Um, it's. I think that's one of the beautiful things about comedy is that you do have the ability to just say, um, "I'm going to book a show, and I'm going to go to this town," and you have fans show up, and you're not required, you know, a Hollywood studio to sit there and say you have the right look or you you're not doing these lines and and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's cool, and I'm, you know, I'm grateful for that. And that, you know, I can, and more and more, you know, that's my thinking is just like go to, you know, people will come out, and I'll just go there and just kind of deal directly with people that want to <laughs> want what I have to offer, you know. So, uh, yeah, but I, I think that's a big part of it. Is like that's why I've always performed live and written books and made music is because those are like three things that I can do and there's an audience for it. And like, there's not a bunch of people involved whose lot, whose jobs, you know, are on the line of like, whether they say yes or no mm -hmm. and they're afraid, you know? So, uh, I'll, I'll kind of always do that stuff until, uh, until, you know, I get that big Hollywood break, you know, which which I'm not at this point. I'm not, you know, I'm not holding my breath. I'm probably closer, uh, more just thinking of, uh, I don't know, just keep having fun. But I, but I don't know. I think, uh, and if there's one thing I've learned in in my career, life in general, is you have to do what you love doing. I mean, I know this mm -hmm. is cliche, but you just kind of do your thing and. And um, that's always more important than being like, oh, when is someone else going to come along and give me permission to to do do what I want to do, you know, like, you know, which is why um, I'll do things like house shows, because I'm like, that's fun. And that, like that to me is like even cooler than going out and doing a club, because then I'm not even dealing with a club. You know, I'm dealing mm -hmm. literally with one uh one or two people who have the bad judgment to let me into their home and then and then you know the people who come so that's super fun to me and uh so yeah 
I forget what the question is. I'm, I'm just kind of uh, rambling. Was, it was rambling. Good one. <laughs> it's okay. So now the, the first time I uh, became aware of you was your TV show, uh, King of Miami, on, on the Mojo oh. Network. Uh, both of which I feel were criminally underrated, both the channel and the TV show. Oh, strongly um, agree. How did the TV show come to be? What was what's kind of the backstory there? That's a, well, you know, I'm slowly <laughs> uploading them to YouTube. I finally got permission to do it. I shouldn't have asked. I should have just done it. But then I foolishly reached out to the network or what exists of the network today and, and then kind of slowed it down. Um, but that came about um, really early in my career. I was I'd only been doing comedy for like a year and a half and was completely naive to anything, um, which I think is a really good place to operate from, actually, to not have any notions of what you can and can't do or what's going on, because then you just do whatever the fuck you want. And I remember... uh, uh, I was approached by a producer who's now a dear friend, Elise Roth, who, you know, wanted to figure out a show. And, and she, you know, I talked to her. And then she, the Mojo Network that did the show, they, you know, somehow we got them interested. And they, they came to see me live at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. And then they came out for drinks afterwards and were like, hey, you know, we'd like to do a show, like do a pilot with you. And and I remember just being like, oh, yeah, sure. Cool. Like, but, you know, my friends are here, so I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, I just kind of talked to them for like two minutes and I was like, all right, yeah, cool. Let's do it. And then I just went drinking with my friends. Not, you know, I guess it was a showbiz power move just in that I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to hang out with my friends. Sure. You didn't want to seem too anxious to for them to lock you up. I was just too naive to know that probably the thing would have done to do would be to sit down and hang out with them. But I was like, no, my friends are here. I got to hang out with my friends. And you uh, wanted them to need you. You didn't want them to think that that you needed them. I guess I was. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't even thinking of it. I was just like, I'm. I was just doing what I wanted, which was to drink with my friends. And so uh, we met with them and they, you know, they wanted to do the show. We did the, did a, well, we wanted to do a pilot. We did a pilot for King of Miami. And um, I think the head of, I feel okay speaking freely about all these things since the network doesn't exist um, anymore. But uh, I think the head of the network was like, I don't understand what this is. I don't get this guy at all, but to his uh, amazing credit, Emilio Nunes, who is a dear friend, he he was he was allowed to like, uh, I guess like he called it a silver bullet, where he could like green light one thing that the guy, the president, didn't like, and this was it. So he, uh, he greenlit it, and we did it six episodes, which I think is a nice amount. That's a lot, you know. A lot of the British shows do that, so I was I was happy with that, and uh, and so yeah, we did it, and it was super fun. And but at the time, I just thought, oh, I've been doing comedy for a year and a half, and 
I already have my own TV show. Like this is the easiest business in the world. Like there's, you just get your own TV show after not really trying. And so I just kind of assumed, and here's where it bites me in the ass. I just assumed that, oh, this will be the first of many of TV shows that are my own TV show. And that's what I'll just do for my career. And as you know, one, one look at my IMDb page will tell you I was very wrong about that. Um, it's the I've done I've done many pilots and presentations, sizzle reel type things, where I was a star of. But to this day, no one, <laughs> no one in show business has given me my own show. So uh, it was a you know it was a hard showbiz lesson to learn. Well, but as like you say, I've kept seems, working, so, you know. It seems like Mojo yeah. gave a lot of people. Like, I remember I, I found the Mojo Network because I was into poker at the time, and Antonio Esfandieri and Phil Locke had the show I Bet You. And yeah. through that, I got to know Three Sheets with Zane Lamfrey and mm -hmm. um, and King of Miami. And, in fact, you and I, to, to another throwback photo here, we actually met at a Zane Lamfrey party going oh. all the way back to 2009. Look at these oh, baby-faced kids right there. I remember that. That was at, like, I can't remember. Is that some, like, big place? Yeah, it was right next to Scores. That's the one thing I remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I remember I, remember I went to a couple of those things. Uh, you know, if I may, Ron, you're in much better shape today <laughs> than you were then. Uh, thank you. That was, uh, that, was, that was not a great time physically in my life. Uh, well, you're, you're doing better than ever. Well, thank you. Um, not, not, I'm just, and really, just so you know, you're better dressed now. I mean, you have some serious dad jeans on in this photo. <laughs> I did. I was not a fan of tapered legs back then. You are so, a rock. Uh, you are rock bottom in that photo. Um, no, you're not wrong. Dave, I mean, you're really not wrong. <laughs> Dave, you also look much better now. I, I, I don't want just the the compliments to go towards Ron. No, you have no. also stepped you're, up your game from that from from those years. Yeah, I mean, I think I was a younger man then, and I did not. Uh, give any thought to uh, what I ate or drank for many years, and um, and now I do. So, but uh, yeah, Zane, I'm still friends with Zane. I haven't seen him in a while, but we keep in touch, and uh, and he's a lovely man. But one, I'll tell you his secret, if I can. He's gonna get mad if he hears that I said this, but. I went to one of these things and I was like, I went to a couple of these gatherings that he did. And I was like, how do you do this? Like you're the ringleader for a bunch of drinking. And he's like, well, if you really watch closely, I don't really drink that much. Like it's the illusion of drinking a lot. Cause mm -hmm. like, otherwise I would be passed out. Sure. And then once he told me this, I made a point of making him chug beers with me. <laughs> over and Smart. over because i was just at like one of the stops of his bar crawl so i was like i only have to do this you know i can chug three or four beers whatever but he's got to keep going and he was like you motherfucker <laughs> like because because he couldn't get out of it anyway well, it's um, true because we saw we saw zane this past fall brian and i at a brewery uh, near where i live and broken goblet yes, yes. And we drank throughout the entire event. Sure. And, and come to think of it, he did not drink much. There was a time where Brian uh, decided to take a little nap in the second half of, of Zane's performance. I may uh, have. 
Well, the Q and A, the Q and A session, just it 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 went on and on. Everybody had questions, and Zane just had you know really long answers, which were all fascinating. But mix that with the um, high alcohol content of the beers that were sold at Broken Goblet that night, and the fact that yeah. I had woken up at six a.m. that morning to go to work, uh, it all contributed to uh, me needing a nap. I, I hear you. Um... And my first thought is, you got to quit that job if you haven't already. Oh, pays the bills. That's the problem. Oh, I'm against it. <laughs> Sorry. So now no, you mentioned you've mentioned recently on on social media. You mentioned you've got uh, you've got a book coming out in October, and you're also finishing up an album. Uh, what can you yeah. tell us about those projects? The book is called The Awesome Game, and there's a subtitle, but I I don't have it in front of me, and I can't even uh, I haven't committed it. Because the reason it's not in my brain is because I'll tell you. Let, I can look it up. The reason is because we kept changing it a little bit, um, and that's why I don't have it committed to memory. But it's called the Awesome Game, and it's about hockey, and it will be out October. It's about hockey and you know hockey adjacent topics. There's a bit of memoir in it. There's a bit of travelogue, but there's mostly hockey. There's a lot of hockey. And uh, it's an amazing book, as you can imagine. And uh, I went all over the world. I went to Kenya. There's a team there called the Kenya Ice Lions. I played with them. They're now dear friends. I'm going to go back. Um, and uh, and um, so that's out October 17th. Penguin, Random House, Doubleday Canada. We'll be putting it out in... Canada, and then, and I'm, I think other countries. I, I have to look. I should know. I should know some more details than I'm giving you. But in America, it's going to be Triumph Books is publishing it. So this is my first time having multiple publishers um, uh, as part of the global assault of my. Usually, I've just had one in the past, and. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be cool, and um, I'll I'll do some appearances as part of it, um, uh, all in America and Canada, and then uh, I'm finishing up. Uh, and and it's a great if you love hockey, you'll love the book, and if you don't love hockey, you'll love the book, and if you don't even like sports, you'll love, love the, the book. book. Yes, because I don't. I this is a dangerous thing to say as a man who has just completed a book about hockey, I don't like sports. I, I like sports singular and that sport is hockey. And so the book is just kind of about um, what's drawn me to this magical sport uh, throughout my life and why I agree with people that don't like sports that most sports suck. And uh, I talk about all this in the book and uh, yeah, Football fans will be offended by what I have to say in this book. Baseball fans, very offended. No, I I don't I don't, you know, give anyone shit for liking these other sports, but my point is that hockey is the superior sport. And um but there's a lot of other stuff in the book. I mean, I pet a lion at one point in the book. Mm. Uh so there's something for everyone. Lion petting, oh you want that? Fine. I got it. Um 
I'm doing shows in Finland. Uh, I'm in Estonia at one point for no good reason. And I actually deleted a lot of the stuff that happened in Estonia because it was incriminating. Um, Interpol can be very tough. There's a lot of a lot of sketchy stuff went down in Estonia, and I just select select it all and deleted it nice. for good, good my own protection. Mm-hmm. Smart. And um, yeah, I deleted a lot of sketchy behavior. Most of, as you know, my last book, Parking the Moose, which is about traveling through Canada, um, there were people that suggested that I was mostly just drinking through Canada because it's like, oh, he's in bars all the time. But it's like, well, where else are you going to go to meet people and just talk with random people mm-hmm. in bars? So this this the hockey book is no different. I wind up right. in bars quite a bit, but I also wind up in many hockey games. I'm in a few restaurants, a few coffee shops, but you have to, you know, you got to get out and meet people. But yeah, I went all over um, po- Poland, Finland, Canada, um, Kenya, and um, anyway. So yes, the awesome game, October seventeenth. I think you can pre-order it now, and I I recommend it. Um, and then. I'm also finishing a new Valley Lodge album, which is my main band that's been together for, I think, 19 years now, which is insane. And it's our fifth record, obviously not that prolific, um, but people know our band because our, our one of our songs, Go, is the theme song to the John Oliver show on HBO. So it's one of those bands that people... A lot of people know whether they realize it or not. And um, we're the best band. And uh, we're, this new album is, is uh, I really like it. Um, I mean, I make them, I, I make the records just for my own enjoyment. And then hopefully other people will like it. But I think this is really good. I was just listening to it the other day and I was like, Dave, you've done it again. <laughs> um, is there a title for the album yet? Uh, I'm not, I have a few ideas. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be called Shadows in Paradise, which I've fully stolen from a title of a, a, a Finnish film by the great director, writer, Aki Korismaki. So, yes, we, I'm just going to say it's called, it's going to be called Shadows in Paradise. We've often stolen it. from Aki Korismaki, too. So, we can certainly all understand the I mean, if you're, all the time. Yeah, if you're going to steal from someone, He's a genius. So, but and to be fair, he kind of stole that title from Jim Jarmusch from Strangers in Paradise. So, I'm just blatantly just stealing again. Pay it forward. That's what I like to say. Yeah. Now, how do the members of Witch Taint feel about you putting out an album without them? Well, Witch Taint is kind of always the inception of Witch Taint was just me, and it existed in my mind, and then. Gradually over the years, it was realized turned into a, a full band, and then that band has uh, com- imploded, combusted, and now Witch Chain is just down to just me again. And I should say uh, that the it's the implosion of the band is entirely my fault, oh. um, and yet I don't apologize. 
Nor should you. you yeah. I just want you to know that, that, that Witch Taint is the only death metal band that Ron has ever seen perform live. Very true. Black, black metal, let's be clear. Black metal, excuse Couldn't me. Couldn't be more excuse different. Me. Um, but, I mean, it was yeah. truly evil. It was a truly extremely, evil experience. Extremely evil. So, yeah, Witch Taint is, is, is uh, yeah, it's kind of just back down to me. And I, it will... It will rise again like a phoenix maybe with other people maybe who knows maybe with some of the same people but um but yeah so to answer your question i don't i think they're okay with it because uh it's just me all right now would you be willing before we uh wrap things up here to go through a ron and brian lightning round that is for the sound effects here if you can promise high production value sound checks or sound sure. effects like that one you just delivered then with without question i would be thrilled all right so it's yep. 10 rapid fire questions uh no follow-up questions by us mm -hmm. you determine if you want to provide any additional context to your answers or not okay but do i have to answer in rapid fire fashion or can you, i you could take your time uh answer in my usual rambling meandering fashion whichever you would like you're a guest yeah. here we, we we treat our guests well okay. I love that sound effect. Brian, would you like to say question one of the lightning round? Right. First one. Is it best to be, it, which is the best city to be the king of? Cleveland, New York, or Miami? Ooh, I would say New York because uh, it's the center of, well, I don't want to say the center of the universe. But I do believe it to be the greatest American city. Um, no argument for the two of are, us. Pardon? No argument for the two of us. There are many great American cities, mm -hmm. but New York is the greatest one. Thank you. And people can always, uh, there's many things to complain about uh, with New York and, and everything. But the things that, anyway, it's New York without question. All right. Perfect. This one might be the toughest question uh, you've had to face so far. F. Mary Kill, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Donald Trump. Well, I would say uh, the I I shouldn't. <laughs> this is a hard game to play uh, because people can uh, take what I say out of context. Though, I mean, or, but <laughs> I guess I would, for the kill one, I would say the, uh, the orange fella you mentioned for without question, uh, to the fuck part, I would say the green person you mentioned just to get it over with, uh, and Mary, I would probably marry Lauren Boebert because I think she's just quite stupid and um, and could probably be. Uh, I think she's really stupid and very easily led. And with I could probably in a matter of a half hour or so completely rewrite her whole belief system with my mind control techniques. I would love to watch that. I would love and to watch that. I think she owns a restaurant, a bar restaurant. Used to. Yeah. Used to. It, got, it got closed down. Yeah, it got closed down. Why did it I get believe. closed down? 
I think COVID. Um, yeah. How and then I remember it got re- they reopened a Mexican restaurant in the same physical space. And I remember the media having some fun with that one. But how, of all places to get closed down because of COVID, how would Lauren Boebert Restaurant, who I can only assume the people that go there don't believe that COVID is real. So why would they stop going? I feel it was an excuse. It probably just poorly run. Yeah, it couldn't have been COVID. I think Lauren would also appreciate a husband that can go within 500 feet of an elementary school. Oh, he, what did he do? I don't follow closely. Uh, he exposed he may, he himself to a underage girl. No, I thought he did. We can say he yeah. did because oh, yeah. it's a court he, case. He was found, he was found he guilty exposed, of exposing himself he, to a minor. To uh, a minor? A, a, a boy yes. or a girl? Uh, Does it make a remember. difference? I think <laughs> it was a girl. But it, but ultimately, in the, in the eyes it, of the law, it, I don't believe it, that gender matters. It doesn't, doesn't make a difference at all. Uh, but However, my level of amusement is would be different depending on uh, whether which it was. Ron, wh- Ron, while you're looking it up, I'm going to ask the third question, which is, what Only is a better they're, fashion they're choice? Hypocrites, these people. Oh, they're, 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 we know that. Absolutely. So right, here we go. So anyway, question number three, I, better fashion choice, studded leather vest or a hockey sweater? Ooh, I would have to say hmm, that's really tough. I guess I would say hockey sweater, even though uh, I think a studded leather vest, really, you can really only wear that if you really mean business. It's a lot of responsibility and pressure goes with full metal attire. Like you have to be so on the other end, you know, the flip side, hockey sweater is as much as i'm wearing one right now and as much as i love hockey sweaters or jerseys as they're sometimes called to people who don't know what they're talking about even though in my new book the awesome game i do call them jerseys most of the time just because i want it to be a book for the layman to also understand um but I think hockey jerseys are kind of the lowest form of clothing. It's kind of, they're nothing quite says I give up more than a hockey jersey, but I say this in the same breath. They are also amazingly cool. I wear them all the time, but I only wear them around my apartment or to the dog run or while exercising. I believe to walk into a public an establishment, a restaurant, you can wear, if you're, you can go to a restaurant, if you're going to a game immediately afterward, or you were just at a game, still not advised, but, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a tricky thing. I love jerseys, but I don't, uh, it's, you know, like Kevin Smith used to wear them all the time and he just looked like a man not in control of his life. Um, but Snoop Dogg, on the other hand, wears them quite a bit and he looks amazing so i guess it depends who's wearing them also and ironically you're offering a uh, a pre-order for uh your dangerous snakes who hate bullshit hockey jersey on your big uh, big cartel website right now until tomorrow the orders are almost 
And I know there's going to be people who are like, oh, I want a jersey and it's too late. Because the only way to do it is to do them in like bulk. Right. Other, otherwise, mm -hmm. they're too expensive to do as one-offs. And I don't, you know, I, I try to keep all my offerings reasonably priced for for the people. So, yeah, they're until tomorrow. And they're pretty cool jerseys. I'm, I'm going to get one. I'm excited. Yeah, do. Uh, just real quick, uh, Jason Stephen Bobert, uh, apparently in January of 2004, when he was 24, exposed himself to two young women at a Colorado bowling alley. How? When? When did he do this? I'm not. I'm not in January of 2004. 2004. Yeah. So he was what, with how, his future wife, his who Lauren Bo, uh, Bobert. She was 17 at the time. So I'm imagining these women were friends of hers. How old was he? He was 24. He was 24. Okay. I, I mean, no age would have made it okay. But I would say definitely uh, by the age of 24, you should know not to expose yourself, especially at a bowling alley or any other recreational sports facility. Uh, he, is, he was 24 and dating a 17-year-old? Yes. This is, yes. Uh, this is who we have in Congress right now. This is really, I mean, yeah, I mean, Congress, I think, you know, the, you know, growing up, you're taught like, oh, anyone, you, anyone could be president. And that has never been more true, true. than now. True. Any like just the people that are in office, if someone would have told me even 10 years ago, the kind of comp absolute morons, sure. and there's always been morons. In, in public office, but now it's like next level head injury patients. Uh, yeah, but whatever, Jason Bobert uh, sounds like a real piece of shit. <laughs> I was going to say sure. piece of work, but I'll just say shit. There you go. That goes to that. Not a fan. All right. Next lightning round question. You, uh, you. You showed us uh, your collection of guitars there. What's your favorite guitar to melt faces with? That's really hard uh, to answer because I, can, I honestly, I have to narrow it down to like 10. <laughs> uh, I have this Delaney guitars, the Delaney bag or Dime Laney. That is sort of a mongrel of a Dean custom shop guitar and a Delaney guitar. That is a total beast for melting faces. I have a Dunnable Asteroid. That is an amazing guitar. I love that. Uh, I have, I mean, I have a lot of great, I have a Gibson custom shop gold top, 56 gold top. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, maybe my best guitar, probably definitely my best guitar, maybe. Um, and then I, I have a USA SG, uh, that is great. And also maybe my best guitar. Every guitar I've mentioned is my best <laughs> guitar. And then I have, you know, for real shredding, I have a Jackson USA soloist, which is some guy in New Jersey. I don't know what was going on with him. Sold me this guitar. I met him in a parking lot, paid a thousand dollars or maybe $1,100 for it. And Sounds it's like, safe. It's like, well, I, I found it on eBay and then I somehow agreed to meet up with him because I was driving through or whatever. 
but it's like a three thousand dollar, four thousand dollar guitar that I got for like a thousand. So uh, thank you if you're listening. <laughs> All right, but, next question, Dave. What keeps you up at night? Mm, anxiety, uh, depression. Uh, uh, but then sometimes good things keep me up. You know, sometimes just. Uh, I'll be writing things in my head that keeps me up at night. Um, but really the anxiety, depression, I think that and depression really do the trick in keeping me up. I'll wake up and I'll be like, Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> um, sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would just say I, I was prescribed some clonopin a few years back, uh, for for just a little window where I was insanely anxious and I was like I need some uh, medical intervention and I didn't use it all and I have it left over I have left over clonopin very good band name actually and uh, sometimes I'll just have a little pinch of that <laughs> if I really can't get back to sleep but not not very often I haven't been doing it lately I mean I want I went on sertraline a few months back. Highly recommend it. I don't know what that is. So it's like a generic Zoloft. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Zoloft. I've taken that before. Um, As in everybody at this point in the Northeast? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to... Uh, I'm, my, I hope for a day when I'm... Uh, I'm hoping to like get two, like maybe two weeks of uh, just sanity in my life. Mm -hmm. Just two straight weeks. Um, it might come 20 years from now. I don't know. We'll see. All right. You're a well-known ladies, man. Is it oh, better yeah. to be king of Miami or mayor of Poundtown? Oh, boy. I'll go mayor of Poundtown, I guess. I mean, without question. I'm not saying, you know, that's how I live my life because I don't. But um, I would say, you know, between that and being King of Miami, I would, you know, King of Miami, uh, it's great, don't get me wrong, but Mayor of Poundtown, come on. Makes sense. Deputy Mayor, I take Deputy Mayor. Deputy Mayor of Poundtown, I like that. All sure. right, here we go. What is the best bread to make toast with? You know, I'm a simple man with regard to that. I would say I just like a nice wheat bread. I feel like it's a... Uh, a fairly neutral, uh, you know, palette for whatever you're going to do to the toast, whatever you're going to put on it. You know, I'd like a, don't get me wrong. I love a nice rye toast, but mm. rye, you know, then you're, you're getting some fennel seeds involved. Yeah, they can true. overpower things. Yeah. Mm. You can go like, I'm going to put jelly or jam on this anyway, but who are you kidding? Fennel's going to win in the end. <laughs> Very Always. pro fennel, though. Don't get me wrong. I love fennel in all its forms. When I was in high school, my friend Pat, his dad, was literally the sausage king of Cleveland. And, and now Pat is actually the sausage king of Cleveland. We would drive around in his dad's station wagon that he used for deliveries of sausage. And it smelled of pig's blood <sighs> and fennel seed and, and a bit of oregano. Um and that is the scent 
of teenage drinking. <laughs> to me. Makes uh, sense. All right. Pick one. Dave Hill's podcasting incident, the goddamn Dave Hill show, history fluffer, so you're Canadian, or the Dave Hill good time hour. Those are my various podcast radio iterations um, I've had over the years. I would say uh, it's a tie. Dave Hill's podcasting incident, when I started, it was sort of like not, you know, it was before the, uh, there was 78 million podcasts. There was a, getting to be more of them. And I feel like the initial run, there was like a good audience for it. And you could sort of get away with, um, I think, anyway, blah, blah, blah. I guess that was the first one, so it has a special place in my heart. But the, the goddamn Dave Hill show on WFMU, I really like doing that because I love the idea of, I love terrestrial radio. I like, uh, even though, you know, many people listen on the internet, obviously, but um, I like the, the, you know, that people could just find the show on their radio dial and hear this show and be like, what is happening? And here there's a phone number. There'd be people that would call in that had no idea what was going on. And I love that idea. You know, there's like a certain, like, I love, just love that, that feel of late night radio, like that somehow it's like you're connecting with this thing that's coming from a outer space radio tower or whatever. And like, uh, you know, it just reminds me of being a kid and, and turning on the radio late at night and flipping through and listening to the rock station, or you might just try to find the weirdest nut job on AM radio babbling about whatever. So I like the opportunity to be either of those things to people. So, yeah. All right. Good. All right, here we go. Lightning sound, please, Ron. Oh. Thank you very much. Which is the more intimidating musician to perform next to? Puddle's Pity Party or La Sinestra? Well, uh, they're both amazing vocalists. Um, so I'd say it's kind of equal because they're both super talented uh, I guess La Sinistra is a bit scarier, uh, much scarier. Puddles isn't scary at all. Um, he's an absolute sweetheart. So I would say maybe the La Sinistra is a bit more intimidating because she's terrifying. I just remember but, seeing Witch Taint at, uh, at Mercury Lounge. And when when she just first started singing, just that voice just blew through you. Well, she's amazing. Um she, um, if I can break the fourth wall or whatever, um, sure. That's Jen Valley, and we had her sing. We had her. I met her actually. I maybe met her at FMU, or I met her. I can't even remember. Uh, but I met her, and then I saw a clip of her singing on Instagram. And was like, holy shit, she's like a world-class opera singer. So when we started making the Witch Taint record, we had her come in and do, you know, some backup vocals. And then when we started playing live shows, we were like, oh, you should totally be, you know, in the band. 
and play with us live. So now she's singing on, I'm excited. She sang a bit on the new Valley Lodge record. So, yes. and it's, she sounds great. So, um, amazing, amazing vocalist as, and so she, as well. Yeah. So she's not bitter over the fact that witch taint has imploded. I think she wasn't, uh, I think she maybe took it harder than I did. Uh, but, uh, I mean, cause it was fun, you know? So I think she, but I don't know, maybe I was, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'm sure we'll perform together again in, in, in some form. All right. And final question, better title for this episode, sexy time with Dave Hill or Porkapalooza with Dave Hill. I got to go Porkapalooza with Dave Hill because that just sounds better. I mean, we have the I mean, name of our episode. I'm already picturing the T-shirt and all the things. Yeah, without question. It's all, right. all about the merchandising. Plus all pork, about the merchandising. Yeah, you know, Porkapalooza, it's more. Rolls off uh, the tongue. It's got a little bit of alliteration. You know, it's, it, it really it brings a lot so to the table. Everyone's having fun. Yeah, I think it's right. good. Well, we appreciate Dave you being on the show. It's been a, a fantastic Definitely. interview. Uh, later this week, me. no problem, folks. You can catch Dave Hill in upstate New York Friday night at uh, in Glens Falls, New York, at the Park Theater, uh, October 29th in Schenectady, mm-hmm. New York, Proctor's Underground. I was actually born and raised in Schenectady. Um, have quite the. Uh, I was actually really? scarred in my childhood due to Proctor's Theater. Real quick story, if you guys have a minute. Sure. So fifth or sixth grade, um, I win a spelling bee at, uh, at my local school, go to the regional spelling bee for a chance to go to the States. Um, it's being held at Proctor's Theater. Um, I could not handle the pressure of the bright lights, and I misspell sincerely in like the second or third round, forgot that second E. And so that was my first crushing defeat in front of a large group of people that took place on that Proctor stage. But oh, was wow. even worse, I go to school on Monday. This is before the internet, before social media, hoping no one um, would know what happened. And mm-hmm. uh, there was a girl who I had beaten in the school spelling bee who had won the last couple of years. She was kind of bitter about it, came up to me right at the beginning of the school day and said, uh, I know how to spell sincerely. And oh. just <sighs> crushing. And that woman's name was Lauren Bogart. <laughs> it was, wow. yes. It all comes full circle. Um yeah, that's that's rough. I'm sorry. It is rough. But great right, area Dave. upstate New York. Uh make sure you get out and, yes. and see Dave. I mean, uh what uh, where can where can people find you on social media also? Oh, you've got a ton I'm, of stuff coming up. I'm glad you asked. Um yeah, I'm bunch of, I'm gonna be in Dunellen, New Jersey, May twenty sixth at the Dunellen Theater. Everyone has to come to that. Um, all my dates are on my website, davehillonline.com. You can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and even Twitter as it burns to the ground. Uh, at Mr. Dave Hill, at Mr. Dave Hill. I'm probably, I'm definitely most active on Instagram. That's where I would go to really uh, keep up with me and my antics. Definitely. All right. Well, again, thank you for appearing. Thank you for your time. And make sure you catch catch Dave Hill out on the road or catch his book and album later this year. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. I had a lovely time. Well, that was even better 
um, than I could have hoped, Brian. That was, and I certainly appreciate the amount of time he spent. Um, oh my you gosh. Know, uh, you never, you know, uh, again, he is a tremendously busy performer, has mm-hmm. a lot of travel shows, things happening. Uh, we, he talked about him finishing his book and his, uh, sure. his fifth album with, uh, with Valley Lodge. And, and he gave us all that time for our interview. Um, and so we, uh, we greatly appreciate it. Just, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, um, uh, had you said to me three, uh, three days ago, do you know that Dave Hill has a book coming out soon? I would have said no, but now I'm, uh, I can't wait to, uh, to get my hands on a copy. I'm going to, I'm going to check and see. So he said it's, a, uh, it might be available for pre-order. Let me hop on Amazon real quick. It is on Amazon's ca- uh, Canadian link right now. Interesting. Um, I, uh, it's not on the U S if you remember, he said, um, there was a different U S uh, publisher than in Canada, the Canadian publisher seems to have their act together right <laughs> now on amazon.ca. Okay. You can, um, pre-order a copy of the awesome game. One man's incredible globe crushing hockey odyssey, um, set to be, uh, released on October 17th. 2023 ron you can let your wife know because i know she is a fan she um she can get an a, a copy on her kindle as well as you can order your hardcover copy i know the two of you um she is all about her ebooks and you are a fan of um sitting in a chair read and flipping the pages of a real book um, i mean both i like types. the feel of of a solid book in my hand and and yet she's not wrong for preferring the the eco friendly no, no. ebook um, no, no. for her Kindle. So uh, those two uh, are 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 available for purchase in Canada. I'm just a little disappointed um, that uh, American and our publishers are are not there yet, but they will be. Yes, yes. Um, really enjoyed. Uh, Dave Hill doesn't live here anymore. Tasteful nudes, great book. Um, Parking the Moose, enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I uh, definitely will be uh, will be getting a copy of this um, when it comes out. And I, I'm, I'm I like uh, Valley Lodge also. Big fan of his band there. Yeah, does he tour with them or no? I mean, um, I don't. You I don't know, remember I'm, him I, mentioning I, that he was going to do dates with them. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, I believe I've seen him post on Instagram from time to time where he's been doing some performances. So. Well, he's a he, we 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 can we can officially call him a friend of the show. Yes, and uh, we will uh, you know we will keep uh, his uh, social activity out there, and we will keep promoting him. We are we're talking uh, the wife and I about redoing our backyard. Um, I think if we do move forward with that, I think the best way to christen the backyard um, would be to have him come back for another performance. Of course. Now, is it true that you will be putting in an, a, a full stage with a uh, killer sound system? Um, I, You know, discussions are still underway. You know, if we're going to do the full stage, you know, we've talked to some big uh, instrument companies and things like sure. that, like, you know, for naming rights and things of that nature. So I think it will really Ron Delsner, depend. I believe, got involved. Yeah. Didn't Ron Delsner ask if he could uh, start promoting shows in your backyard? <laughs> he did, yes. So uh, it really depends on who ponies up um, the most amount of money uh, to see Makes who sense. gets named after. Makes well, sense. I like it. I don't know about you, Brian. I, I don't know of anything else that we can include in this show that would match up with um, 
the interview we just had. So I don't know. Nothing. We, Nothing. We, kind we can't of, top I think, it. Break from our normal news format. Mm-hmm. We will get back to that next week. Also sure. next week, Brian, hard to believe that this month has flown by the way that it has. But next Sunday is the final Sunday of the month. That means that we have our pajama party with yes. our Patreon subscribers on our After Dark, which airs at 930 every Sunday night. Um, you can join live for as little as $10 per month. Um, uh, well worth it from a subscription price mm-hmm. point. Uh, you get some great swag at the different levels. Uh, but next, like we said, next week we have our pajama mm-hmm. party where our Patreon subscribers can come on live with us. And I believe it's sure. time for a, a Can You Beat Ron? Because I think March this, we, we did, will be we doing Can You Beat Brian. Yes. Yes, we will be doing Can You Beat Ron next week. And I believe since no one was able to beat me back in February, uh, we have rolled over uh, the prize money. And this month, uh, if someone is able to beat me, $50 will $50. go to a charity of the winner's of choice. Of their choice, I yes. am going to do everything within my power uh, to make sure that doesn't happen. Because I and like you're so powerful. You are I like so, to win. So, so All I do is win, Brian. Uh, so if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, go to ronandbrianpodcast.com and uh, you can check us out there. Brian, there we go. anything additional? I mean, again, this has been uh, a banner been a episode. Um, I thought episode week. 250 was great, but I think 254 may have topped it. Yes, I agree. This right. is, uh, you know, uh, uh, as the numbers get higher, the uh, the standard of what is a great episode keeps increasing um, alongside it. And uh, having Dave Hill on the show this week um, really, I feel, set the bar for what will be defined moving forward as a great episode. Without a doubt. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. We will see you next week. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week. 